Look at that mountain. Look at those trees. Look at that bum over there. Man, he's down on his knees. Look at these football teams. There ain't nothing like them nowhere. That's what Kevin Warren of the Big Ten said. We love L.A. We love it. Welcome to the big stage, Hollywood. All of that and more coming up on We Have High Expectations. What do you think, Drewski? A little Randy Newman uh, to kick why us off? Play, why didn't you just play the song? Well, like, we did that you... last time with, uh, with the uh, Live and Let Die, and we kind of got in a little copyright yeah, issue. So. We, we did have to get the lawyers involved <laughs> there. So um, the good news is Michael Jackson's estate did not did, went ahead and dropped the lawsuit. Does he still own, or is he only own the Beatles stuff? Does it, or did he sell that? Didn't Michael Jackson like buy all the rights to like Beatles? Beatles? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the, the estate still owns it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking, and there's no way why you would have been, but I thought you were talking about the Casio tracks that the estate just stripped from uh, Escape and some of those post post humanist uh, Michael Jackson albums. But we'll save that. No, That'll I, be no. I have no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll Everything be you just said there was basically Chinese. I have no idea what that was. That's why when you said Michael Jackson Estate, I was like, holy shit, how does Drew know about this? Yeah. Like, I've only seen this on my crazy Michael Jackson fan club websites. Oh. <laughs> I know we've got stuff planned, but you go to Michael Jackson fan club websites? I haven't in a while. I actually saw this on the Twitter, uh, showbiz411.com uh, had this story, but yeah. There's, <laughs> but there's said to Michael Jackson fan club websites. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, since back in, since back in the day, man. You rock my world and the KTU, the beat uh, leak, I was all over that. I, uh, Message boards. I might have to find a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is... This, this is, is like, not at all is, where we where no, we thought we would I, I'm start. Like, but... I'm dumbfounded right now. Like I, I, I very rarely have. I very rarely am speechless, and I just don't. I can't put together a sentence to explain how confused I am by this <laughs> entire situation. I'm trying to think if there's one thing in my life that's as weird as going to a Michael Jackson fan message board. <laughs> I love I mean, it. I I own it. There I, is. I said there. This is absolutely not where we thought we'd be, but I'm 100% here for it. We can go the next 50 minutes on just this. <laughs> this is why I tell people, like, when they make fun of me and try to argue with me about Michael Jackson being a pedophile and all this okay, stuff, just, I'm like, move on. just let's trust move me. On. I'm yeah, probably man, know, I probably know more about this subject than you do, all right? I'm just saying. Because when I think down-the-line reporting and good sources of information, I think... Fan message board. Well, obviously, I'm getting information from other sources and legitimate journalists and not Diane Diamond or Nancy Grace, but you know, whatever. Oh, what's wrong with Nancy Grace? Oh, she's the worst. She's she, the worst. she just did such an amazing job covering Casey Anthony that I just can't imagine she would <laughs> blow anything out of proportion. Gloria Allred, I'll throw her in that. Uh, I'll throw her in that as well. They can all. Did they go after Michael Jackson? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, Diane Diamond made her career by being Tom Snedden's freaking leak. 
in Court who, uh, TV back in the day. Is that who Dirty Diana's about? No, 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 no. That's that's something completely different. Is that's it, prior right? to all of this. That was back in the eighties. I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are. Like I know, like I mean, I you knew I know Nancy who... Grace and Gloria well, Allred. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's this diamond lady. I don't know. I think I, I think I called her Diana Diamond, and you called her Diane or something. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Is they all made their careers off of the back of false allegations about Michael Jackson. But who hasn't? You know, any, any relation to Princess Diana? No, no. no? Okay, okay. First name not even close. First name typically close. <laughs> Anyways, and, well, let's get to the actual rundown here. We have derailed. Yeah, let me get section. you back on track. All right. Uh, what? I'll, I'll I'll throw out some names, and they all have one thing in common. All right. Diane Diamond, Nancy Grace, Gloria Allred, Brian Gade. Liars and scumbags. There you go. He obviously does not listen to the podcast because we've <laughs> not heard anything about his new girlfriend at the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I had forgotten about that. Nothing about nothing about him being a liar and a scumbag. Uh, yeah, I, I should have thrown. Bummer, bummer I should have <laughs> that he stopped listening. He was one of our one of our core listeners back in the beginning <laughs> of the podcast, and we have lost him. One time, very loyal listener that apparently has just lost him. <laughs> I should have thrown his girl Vanessa Miller in my list of liars and scumbags. Too. <laughs> yeah, you should have. Where, where do you think where Where do you think we lost him? Was it the, Was it the live stuff, or was it way before that, or was it Or was it during the the seventh week in a row of me bitching about Fran McCaffrey's defensive ability? Yeah, yeah. Could have been anywhere. Um, yeah, I'd have to look back through the archives to find the exact or, point, but. Or did we lose him when I put that little kid's football helmet on and played defensive line in my basement <laughs> during the Citrus Bowl? Is that when he decided he couldn't li- he couldn't take me seriously? Only because we didn't get the stop we needed and ended up I losing that bowl game. I was over I was overweight. <laughs> I got tired. I'm down. I'm I'm slim now. I'm slimming down. I'm like I'm down to like two forty. So I'm slim, back to your... slimming down. I got I got twenty. I got well. I want to get back to my playing weight. I got. 35 more pounds to go, but that's not a big deal. Um, yeah, and that's not going to happen. That. I'm going to have donuts before then because I haven't had a donut in like a month and it's devastating. So, anyway, let's move on. Brian's still a liar and a scumbag. <laughs> and I'm in better, and, shape uh, for, better shape for football season. So, I have to go get Regan Bonson's helmet and steal it and get ready to play some defensive line. There we go, baby. We're ready. Hey, that'll be here soon enough. And speaking of football season, back to uh, what how we what a professional segue. Boom. boom, back to how we started the show. The UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans welcome to the big stage. Pretty cool, huh? I I mean, I know people are I, I, people have legitimate reasons not to like it. I'll just say this, like having a game against USC at Kennick stadium every couple of years is going to be awesome. Having a game at the Rose bowl every, every few years is going to be awesome. You get to go back to the Rose bowl and not have to spend an insane amount of money to do it. You know, I get to go back and stay at the safari Inn in Burbank, which was a beautiful (laughs) hotel. Um, So I'm excited about it. Like, I don't, I know 
look, people are going to talk about tradition and blah, 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 blah. But I'd rather have semi-regular games against UCLA and USC than just playing Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern every year. Like, those things get old. I looked it, I, I, I looked it up. Michigan hasn't been to Iowa City since 2016. Ohio State hasn't been to Iowa City since 2017. Uh, Michigan, what makes you think U- like, UCLA and USC are going to come every couple of years? Well, because I mean, they're going to still be like that, right? No, it won't. They're going to get rid of divisions. So you see all these people that talk about divisions and adding more teams pods. and pods and all this stuff. They're not going to do that. What they're going to do is they're going to right now there's 16 teams, right? So what they're going to do, you'll have one or two protected rivalries, and then you're going to play the other seven. One year. One year. You're going to play the next so that you're playing because they need Ohio State to play USC every other year. They need that game. They need Michigan to play USC. every. They need those games. So now you're going to every every kid that comes into a school is going to is going to play at every other team's stadium once at least once in their career. Right. And that's that's a good thing. Now you start to get these you start to get these games that are more fun. You know, I, I see these people that say, well, Iowa has to play Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska every year. It's like, give a shit if we win a year without playing them. You know, like, I don't care if we ever play Iowa State again. I want some I, I want some more interesting matchups, and I want the matchups to be regular and not determined on, you know, what bowl game you go to and the dumb luck that you get there, right? I mean, yeah. even when we go to a pretty decent bowl game, sometimes we get stuck with South Carolina or Mississippi State or Kentucky and it's just kind of like eh. but then you get this the other bowl games where it's USC and that's exciting right and so so hopefully this means more games against the top level teams in the Big Ten more exciting games a little better schedule um and I I really do I th- I think it's I think it's good um just from from my point of view and you know what that's the only thing I can control Brad I can't control your point of view so go what's yours yeah no, I think for the first point I want to make is how absolutely amazing it is in today's world that all this so conference crazy, stuff right? is kept so secret. Yeah, like insane. the day that it broke, we everybody was getting texts from people, right? And it was yeah. just like, what the hell are you talking about? There's no way that shit's happening. And then all of a sudden, like CBS Sports app gives me a notification. I'm like, huh, like, is this is this real? You know? And like it all just happens, boom, and it's done. Oh, and like, crazy. how do they keep all that quiet? It's insane in today's world. But well, the they only do. reason we found out about Texas and Oklahoma a couple of days early is because that's when Texas A&M found out and they leaked it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it would have been the same thing with them. It would have just been like, hey, Texas and Oklahoma are going, and four hours later, they've been accepted. And and, and, and obviously, obviously, the Big Ten and the LA schools learned from that and right. kept it even closer to the vest. Yeah. Like we can't. Tell I mean, anybody it's crazy. You tell. sent a text message to us. I think we were on like the third hole of the women's basketball. No, we were on the first hole of. We had just teed off at the Iowa women's basketball outing, and we got that text message from you. And uh, you know, an hour later, it was like, well, the Big Ten presidents are voting this afternoon, and you just go, holy shit, there, are, there got to be ten thousand college sports writers in this country between the national yeah. guys oh, ESPN yeah. the athletic all these plus you got all these fan message boards and all these fan run sites and nobody got it and that's what makes all the stuff we're going to talk about after we talk about UCLA yeah, yeah, USC yeah. even more ridiculous like yeah hey guess what Arizona Arizona State Colorado and Utah didn't make a decision in three days to go 
to the Big 12 if it took USC and UCLA and the Big 10 eight weeks to figure it out. Yeah. Come on, people. Oh, yeah. Like, relax. And so. if that's what you're hearing, that's probably not what's actually happening because obviously you aren't hearing what's actually happening. Right. <laughs> until the day right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so that number one was the point I wanted to make. And then um, I think, too, it, I, I agree with you. I think it's pretty cool. And we were talking a little bit before we hit record here today, like of going back to when we recorded a podcast when Oklahoma and Texas made the jump to the SEC or when that all leaked. And it was it, it's always kind of been like, well, other than Notre Dame, and maybe we'll get into that here in a little bit. But other than Notre Dame, like what schools would the Big Ten get that's really going to like get you too excited? You know, like North Carolina, like Texas and Oklahoma are obviously already going to the SEC. None of those SEC schools are going anywhere like it was. Maybe the Big Ten goes out west and maybe they grab, you know, USC, UCLA, uh, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, et cetera, and make like a Western division and then have the conference championship in the Rose Bowl every once in a while or something, you know, like that, that would get me excited. That would be cool. Right. And that's, I believe, I mean, that's this, that's probably the start of this. I can't imagine that they're, I don't know, I guess I can't imagine long-term they're thinking, UCLA and USC are going to like sit out there on an island with no other West Coast teams because that's a hell of a lot of travel to to play your conference games. Every single conference game is at least a what four hour flight or you know at least a a three hour yeah, flight. Yeah, but so. I mean you're already look a flight from LA to um Seattle. That's a long. That's a, you know yeah, that's a, true. It's another couple hours. Whatever. They're on a chartered flight. It, it's it ain't a big deal, right? Um, I think when you start talking about you know adding some other teams and stuff, the the thing that we have to remember is none of this is all of the things that you've been trained to think about a conference in whites. You know, oh yeah, all uh, travel, rivalries, rivalries, regional, yeah, window. It's all gone. It all the only thing. The only way the Big Ten, and we can just kind of, I think we just dovetail this into kind of the rest of the expansion talk here going forward. But the only way yep. you move forward with additional teams is do you do, do the schools you bring in bring you more money in your TV rights deal? More and TV that's it. interest, yeah. In your TV interest. And so if the Big Ten was going to get $100 million per school and all of a sudden USC and UCLA come in and Fox and the they look at it and go, and eh, now it's 115 million. What what do Oregon and Washington? They they don't. If if Oregon and Washington added value, they would already be there. Yeah. You know, so they don't. They obviously don't add enough value to to split it even more because you're gonna you're gonna lose money at that point. They don't add enough value to justify splitting the pie that many uh, you know that many more directions. The only team out there is Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame decides they want to come in and the Big Ten decides, okay, we need to go to 18 just for, then, for whatever, right, keep it even at that point, because no other team's going to going to matter. So then you bring in Stanford with their $36 billion endowment or whatever the hell it is. And their academic reputation that fits in with, you know, that the Big Ten, they got a, and that would, they would bring in like that's, and the they team got history that, versus Notre Dame too, you know, right. But I, I don't. I, I'm just saying not that, that, that point, matters. Not that that matters. It's more that like 
that maybe that entices Notre Dame or something, but the big tens always says, you know, we care about fit. We care about, um, academics. We, they consider themselves an Ivy league of sports basically is what they always, what the, they do in the president's office. Guys like us don't give a shit about that. And right. most of the country don't care about that. Um, it's why Notre Dame will never go to the sec because they'll just never align themselves with Mississippi state and, you know, and, uh, in South Carolina and they're just not going to do it. Um, so that, that to me is the only thing Oregon and Washington don't make sense to me just from that standpoint of it doesn't make sense to split the pot that many more ways. Right. And, and people keep saying we got to get to 20 because we'll have 20 in the, in the big 10 and 20 in the sec. Well, why, why do you need 20 in those schools in those conferences? You you could do what you could do, whatever they want to do with 18. You could do, where I think they're probably headed is, is to a point of they'll go to a 12 team playoff, but there just won't be any automatic bids and the big 10 and the sec is going to get five. The big 10 is going to get four and the rest are going to get the table scraps, right? You, you run out, you, you go undefeated, you know, Clemson goes undefeated or Oregon goes undefeated and they get in Notre Dame goes undefeated. They get in if they don't join the big 10 and that's how we do it. Or, they decide that there's so much money to be made for one single game between the SEC and the Big Ten, kind of like pro football, that they just split off and do their own thing. And then you have basically three levels. You have the Premier League, you have FBS, and you have FCS. And those are things that could happen, but I think people get so locked in on, well, we're going to get to 20 teams, we're going to do pods, we're going to do this. And it's like, this is not, this is not the expansion from you know, from Nebraska coming in, this is not, or yeah, Rutgers and Maryland where we wanted to go get the East coast. And yeah, yeah. right. This is not Miami and Virginia tech and Syracuse and Louisville. I mean, if ACC, if the ACC could go back in time and not bring in Syracuse, Virginia tech, Pittsburgh, Louisville and Boston college. I mean, Boston college is just a drag on everything. They, They bring nothing to the table from television perspective. They bring nothing to the table from, you know, from interest in these games and the ACC network, like nobody gives a shit about it, you know? So everybody was no. chasing the big 10 network model. Um, they couldn't make it work like the big 10 did most mainly because the big 10 is the big 10 and the sec is the sec and yep. the big 10's so, got Ohio state and Michigan yeah. and Penn state. And, right. And, and like, and Purdue even, and, yeah, well, you know, like Indiana basketball or Michigan state's a yeah. giant school, you know, Minnesota's a basketball, huge, yeah. you know, like, so Ohio, like it centers around Ohio State. If Ohio State were to bail, it's a problem. But right. the rest of the league so, doesn't that. So anyway, that's just my. I think you have to look at this from a completely different perspective than you've ever looked at expansion. There's no need to get here so you can host a championship game. There's no need to have divisions that make sense. There's no need to have automatic bids to the playoffs or anything like that. This can all. This is all driven by TV for good TV matchups, which at the end of the day is good for the fan, right? We want to see these things. So I don't get yeah. people that are bitching about, well, this is all run by TV. Well, what does TV want to do? They want to put a product that you're going to watch out there. That's good. Yes. And I think, and I think, agree with you. This is, this is ESPN. This is Fox. This is the TV networks are dictating what's happening here. Right. More mm-hmm. so than the average person knows. Um, I think the people that, are griping about it are the fans of those teams that aren't in that upper echelon, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so my question to you is, as we talk about, it's all about TV, Notre Dame makes sense. Then the big 10 would maybe have to add another with Notre Dame to keep the numbers, even all of that. Do you ever see a point or the big 10 or the sec or both to start dropping schools, right? No, like as Iowa fans, as Iowa fans, I think all of this is cool because it just makes the Big Ten better. And hey, we're in the Big Ten, right? If we weren't in the Big Ten, I might be one of those fans that's like, well, this is BS, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting left out, right? Like we're we we weren't going to win a national championship anyways, but now we're not even going to have a chance, right? Well, does is Northwestern in the big 10 forever is Vanderbilt in the sec forever. Like just because, I mean, what do they bring to the table monetary, you know, they're uh, already there and other teams need people to beat. Yeah. Right. So once you go to these, you, you still need Vanderbilt, you still need Northwestern, you still need Illinois when they're shitty. Um, you still need those teams because you, you need Rutgers, you need Indiana's Maryland, football or you need whatever. Indiana's because you need people to beat. They're already there. They're already in there. Um, I don't see a, I don't foresee a situation where they start kicking teams out. It's a slippery slope when you start voting to kick somebody out because you could always be next. Kind of Mark Cuban's point when they took Donald Sterling's team, right? I yeah. I, I don't like this because to say where this ends now. Um, I, I just don't I don't see that becoming an issue. Uh, you know, as an Iowa fan, I look at it and we're pretty squarely in the middle of that pack of of Big Ten teams. And when you start looking at TV ratings and something we're like not going to be five million people watch the Iowa Iowa State game, and Iowa State didn't have it other than Oklahoma didn't have another game over two million people, right? So people watch Iowa football for some reason, which I don't. I mean. Shit, sometimes there's a lot of Iowa fans out there. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Football, you know, but um. <laughs> yeah, the the, people, the fans of Iowa football don't even like yeah. watching it most of the time. Yeah. But people watch <laughs> Iowa, you know, and and anytime you see what they they do these super league things of you know top thirty teams to the top forty teams, Iowa's always in it, and so I I, I wouldn't be concerned as an Iowa fan that that's something that's going to happen. And the fans and of these we other will schools, not be Iowa. I say we Iowa will not be the first school or the first few schools on the chopping block for sure in the big 10. But if a Northwestern or if a Purdue or, you know, if, if somebody gets dropped, then as an Iowa fan, I'm getting nervous, right. You know, if we start going Mm -hmm. that route, but um, that's probably a ways away if it happens at all. But anyways, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I I, I don't remember what I was going to say after that. So you can just move on to whatever you're going to say next too. Perfect. So to kind of wrap this up, we think the Big Ten, depending on what Notre Dame does and and, you know, Notre Dame's been independent through all of this and uh, probably has no need to join a conference for football, but um, things have changed. And part of it might be, too, a lot of these schools that Notre Dame plays every year are going to be locked into a nine game conference schedule and you know, the scheduling might get more difficult if you stay independent or whatever, right? Or scheduling the sec and the big 10 or scheduling the premier league teams, as you put it might become more difficult, but we'll see what happens if Notre Dame joins. I 
I'm with you. I could see an Oregon or a Stanford being added to keep the numbers even. Um, but as you said earlier, the thing to take away here is anybody or any article that you're reading that has any type of um, sources or any type of forward looking statements does not know what they're talking about. No, no, this, <laughs> the, the, the article is saying, you know, maybe some of the things of, you know, the ACC and the Pac-12 are working together on something or anything that actually has schools moving from one place to another. Just it, it's it's been a week and none right. of these, all these schools were blindsided by it. They, they, they're not, they're not finalizing this deal in a week. They, there's too much that needs to happen. You would need to know, you know, if you're Arizona, Arizona state, Colorado, and Utah, and you're going to go to the big 12, well, if Oregon and Washington aren't going anywhere, why would you leave Oregon and Washington to hitch your wagon to Oklahoma state and Kansas state? Yeah. Or Oklahoma that, that state and Baylor. Sense. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Cause it's negligible the amount of money you're getting now the thing now travel does matter now travel costs do matter and those you know why did why did the whack the the first 16 team conference that stretched from texas all the way to hawaii remember <laughs> after the southwest oh, yeah. conference blew up <clears throat> why did that fail well you can't be busing teams all over the country and flying teams all over the country and all these other sports too if you don't have any actual money it's impossible to do and right. so um so yeah, so then those things, the, those things we talk about when you don't have the, the TV contract makes sense. I mean, look at look at it this way. Somebody said that they think that, you know, the that conference, the the Big Twelve plus six or whatever from with Oregon and Washington, say Oregon and Washington come with them, they, they'd be looking at about forty five or fifty million dollars a year per school. That's sixty million dollars a year. They're going to be behind the Big Ten and sixty five whatever million dollars a year behind the sec how do they compete yeah exactly you know you you just can't any any coach that's worth any assistant coach that's worth a damn boom i just gave you a raise i just doubled your salary. First opportunity is jumping yeah, yeah. Like you just facilities you, you know facilities you know, like, are not going to be anywhere yeah, near especially the same. once especially once they decide we're gonna um you know we're gonna start just paying players right yeah, and we're gonna, and and that's the other part. If if the Big Ten and the SEC kind of make this Premier League, or they bring along and make it a kind of a college football playoff with twelve teams, and there's some access for some other teams to maybe potentially get in, but we're gonna set the rules, and here's how we're gonna set them. You know, these rules are the this way. You can do X amount of payment to a player. You can do X amount of and, you know, they, they can get an NIL deal for whatever, you know, you can't transfer, you have to sit out of your transfer. They could bring that rule back. They could do all this stuff at that point in time because they're setting the agenda and they're making the rules. And so it's just going to look different. You know, the Rose Bowl wasn't always Pac-10, Pac-10, Pac-10 Big Ten. It, it wasn't. And they, we used to just argue about who the best team in the country was because Notre Dame played in the Sugar Bowl and Florida State played in the Orange Bowl, and Michigan played in the in the Rose Bowl. So things change, and you know, Nebraska in the Big Ten, it's it's fine. It it doesn't it doesn't you know. So you're playing Nebraska every year instead of Indiana every year. Who cares? I'd rather play Nebraska than Indiana. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now Rutgers and Maryland can get the hell out. Like. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, but, it, um, it was a mistake now. Yeah. <laughs> 
to your point of the ACC grabbing like Boston College and some of those Big East schools, Syracuse and those Big East schools, I'm guaranteeing you the Big Ten looks back and wishes we didn't have Rutgers and Maryland for yeah. now. But, yeah. but so. anyways, yeah, no, I'm with you. It'll be, it'll be, uh, I'd say interesting to follow, but you won't. Yeah, there's nothing to follow until it until it breaks. And so, I, so what do I'm you think? You as, what do you think is more likely? Nothing happens. Notre Dame doesn't join a conference. Everybody basically stays the same, right? You get your 16-team SEC, your 16-team Big Ten, everything else stays the same. Or carnage. Notre Dame joins. The Notre Dame joins. The SEC responds by doing getting Clemson and Miami or Florida whatever. Or Miami, you know, yeah. like what what's more likely? To me, more likely is this will just kind of calm it down for a little bit. Notre Dame doesn't join a league and we just kind of move on. Um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question as both is lame, but I would say near term, I don't think Notre Dame's joining the Big Ten. I think Notre Dame's going to stay independent and kind of, and I think that would be smart for them and kind of see how this plays out, right? Like they don't need mm-hmm. to do anything now. Let's let's wait and let's get Texas and Oklahoma in there. Let's get and let's see how this plays out. And is there still a spot for us at the table as an independent, as there always has been? And you say mm-hmm. an undefeated Notre Dame, shit, a two-loss Notre Dame would get into your 12-team playoff, right? right. In in today's world, because Notre as Dame as itself continue, as long brings as they can TV continue numbers. To play, as long as they can continue to play their national Those schedule. Those schools, and, correct. Yeah. Continue to play the strength of schedule they've played the last few years, sure. Um, longer term, I think eventually because ESPN and Fox and the TV networks want it, I think eventually we're looking at a super BCS or premier league type of thing, whether that's just the big 10 and the S whether that's just two huge conferences, big 10 and sec with 20 some teams each, or it's big, big 10 sec and the rest, a third conference or something, we'll see. But I think eventually, you know, within the next 10 years, we're going to be looking at a new division of college football where it's the top 50, top whatever is is division one plus. And then you've got FCS and FBS, like you said, or whatever. And Iowa but, State mer- moves to the Gateway Conference. Correct. As long as uh, is there a gateway? Iowa State... there's not a gateway conference anymore, is there? No, it's the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And the one thing I will say about all of the uh, coverage and all of the media, there, there is one person that's been almost eerily quiet through all of this, and that's, that's Iowa scum. State AD Jamie Pollard. Oh, he's a scum you know. Too. Well, you know, he's up to something, you know, he's, I mean, he's playing 4d chess. He's five moves ahead of Kevin Warren and all these guys. Right. I just love all the, <laughs> go get, go get Arizona, Arizona state, Utah, and Colorado. Now. Hey, it's not a fucking video game. Like, yeah, we're not playing risk here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, like this stuff takes time. People need to know. I mean, just blows my mind it blows my mind how stupid people but But yeah i think iowa state and whether it brings me joy or not i guess is irrelevant but i think iowa state is screwed oh god it'd bring me a ton of joy i love every second it brings me joy it brings me joy (laughs) but anyways i mean i i I know that doesn't 
say great things about me as a person. But because <laughs> here's the deal, like people say this to me all the time, why can't you just be happy for them? Or why? It is a zero sum game. But the worse they are, the better it is for us because I mean, they've got four or five different recruits that I think Iowa had had offers out this you know, over the last couple of years. When we got those two southeast two guys from Southeast Polk, yeah. which is their backyard, but, right? But no, but so say they say they are not say that this hurts them, right? And this is one more thing to use against them in recruiting, and we can get two or three extra guys that we wanted that we didn't get over the years. That's better for Iowa. Like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. like Iowa State being good doesn't help us in any way. Beating Iowa State or beating Iowa State if they're nine and three, seven and five, or three and nine is not the difference between us going to the college football playoff and not going to the college football playoff. We have to win the Big Ten with either one or no losses to go to the college football playoff. The Iowa State yeah. game is irrelevant. Like this year, it. The Iowa State and Indiana game somehow got us up to number two in the country. Um, but in most years, it's a nothing burger. Right? So them being good does not help us. And this whole it's good for the state thing is nobody can explain that comment to me. Oh, the Iowa State no, game is good for no. the state. Why? Well, because I like to have conversations about I like to have conversations about the Iowa State game with my friends at work. Cool. That's great. Well, there's so much economic impact in those weekends. So you're telling me that if Iowa played UCLA USC, or let's USC, say. USC or, yeah. or or really anybody, like just pick a team. Like if they played Kansas State in, in Iowa City, if they played Oklahoma State in Iowa City, you're still going to get 80,000 people there and 70,000 people in the stadium and the hotels will be full and the bars will be full. And and like it just it, it, the Iowa State game is good for Iowa State. And that's it. And that's why. If Gary Barta is not getting out of it, he's not doing his job, and I will start a – no, I'm not. I'm just not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. So anyway, <laughs> Bremer County oh, yeah. side, put that in your combine and smoke it. There you go, baby. Put that – hey, Bremer County side got what he needed this week. We've, we needed the rain, and boy, have needed we gotten up here rain. in Bremer County. We needed the rain. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Expansion talk. I think that pretty much, uh, puts a cap on it. Don't you think? Yeah. Let's, 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 let's move on. Pin, let's put a pin in it there. Cause this could change. This is all changing by the minute. Put a pin in it, put a pin in it. And as our listeners know, just go about your day and let us, we'll, we break, in with emer- of- we'll break in with an emergency podcast if necessary. You'll, you'll know. Well, and we've got, I mean, you guys can't see me on camera. Drew can. I have a row of tea leaves hung in my office here. I'm reading those reading daily. Reading every one of them. Reading those daily. So we're reading the tea leaves. We'll keep you guys posted. Uh, let's move on. Now, I know we're going to be off next week. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Our regularly scheduled podcast is going to is going to take a week off. Rarely happens. Oh, we don't. But... We don't ever take vacation. <laughs> but we don't ever take breaks. We need to breathe here, folks. I mean, we need, you know, life uh, life and work balance here. So, Drewski, you're going to be off next week. I know uh, I'd be remiss without – so this week we, – let's open up the golf corner quick. And this week this week is the Scottish Open, right? And the then Scottish next open. weekend the is – yep, The Open. Next weekend's the, the Open. The British yep. Open. Yeah. The okay. Open. 
just the open. Come on, man. Just the open. I know. Um, but... No, I know. Uh, what is the um, the No Laying Up podcast calls it the British Open, spot sponsored by Her Majesty the Queen? Um, because there you go. People, We'll get so pissed at them for calling it the British Open instead of just. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, Scottish Open this week. A, a first year, the Scottish Open is a PGA Tour slash DP World Tour, former European Tour event. It's a co-sponsored event, part of their strategic alliance. So uh, it's at the Renaissance Club in Scotland. Always a cool event. A little coffee golf for you guys on, in the morning. Uh, wake up on Saturday and Sunday or even Thursday and Friday. Watch a little uh, Lynx golf to get you prepared for the Open. And then the 150th Open at the home of golf. You know what else? St. Andrews in two weeks. I cannot wait. Sesquicentennial. You know what else is celebrating 150 years or their sesquicentennial? That same weekend, actually. Heritage Days. No, Sumner. Sumner. Sumner Days. Heritage Days will be that weekend, but they told the pork tornadoes to kick it and uh not in a cool way really kick what it. happened there well it's uh vic ferrari's finale uh tour final tour so vic ferrari's coming back at heritage days so come on over to sumner days the sesquicentennial this is how stupid we're getting way off trail here but <laughs> supposedly the people that run this sesquicentennial in sumner think sesquicentennial is so hard to say that they're calling it the Sasquatch. And we've got like those freaking cardboard Sasquatches or Bigfoots like throughout town because it's the Sumner Sasquatch, 150 years. Yeah, that's oh, dumb. Fuck. Yeah, you think? Yeah, that's really dumb. I mean, who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? Yeah, that's almost as dumb as going to a Michael Jackson fan message board. Um, Speaking of, uh, let's get back to your deep dive into the Scottish <laughs> Open. <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, I don't really have a deep dive into the Scottish <laughs> Open. Just, it's fun coffee golf coffee to golf. watch in, in the morning, you know. And then, uh, yeah, more of a excited about. I mean, you're excited about it. Tiger's going to play in the, oh, you know, the at Saint a- at, at the yeah. Open, and Saint Andrews is like the coolest one, man. It's they've been playing golf on that piece of land since like the 1500s, man. That golf course opened. The golf course officially opened before the United States was a thing. Yeah, I know that's you know, so crazy. Like it's yeah. freaking nuts. So, uh, so yeah, it's awesome to watch. Hopefully, we get some wind and like some crazy weather. Like you get over there sometimes. And uh, trivia: Who won the last Open at the old course? Shoot, um, won, it, won it in a playoff. Won it in a four-hole aggregate playoff. What year? Twenty fifteen. Zach Johnson won it prior Zach to that. Johnson. That Zach he Johnson. won it in 2015. That soon, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's Zach who I was going That's who I thought of initially. Yep. Jordan Spieth finished one shot out of the playoff after winning the first two majors of the year. He almost won the. He went yeah. first, first T T four because three guys tied, but one shot out of lead there, and then second at the PGA Championship that, that year. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Zach Johnson won the four hole playoff. Can do you know who he won that playoff against? Gosh, one of them was uh, Mark Leishman, correct? Yep. yep. The other one is a liar and a scumbag, just like his biggest fan. 
Louis Oosthuizen. You nailed it. You nailed Boom. it. God, I love that we we could we could play celebrity just on like weird things. You know, I almost Louis. went Charles Schwartzel, but no, no, Louis, Louis. I think Louis got second on that one in that one, and that might have that might have completed the career grand slam of runner ups for him. He'd been the runner up at every. He's he's been runner up at a lot of majors. Like yes, yeah. That that one was he at least was kind of in the tournament versus some of these ones he's been runner up, just kind of never being really like a threat to win, just kind of around. Um, so similar, so Louis, similar to similar to bride dog, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride until now with Vanessa Miller. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see, uh, the, the cat, the big cat playing again. Um, St. Andrews is either a, seems like it's either a blowout or a, uh, or like they're in a playoff. Or, playoff you know, so, yeah. um, hopefully we don't get blowout, but the winning score there is always 15, 16, 17 under. It just, it's a short course, um, but it's super cool. Uh, and I definitely have it on my list to go over and play there. I was looking it up today. I think I found a good little trip to get over there, play uh, the old course, Carnoustie, uh, maybe get in there and play some, uh, play Presswick, play some of those old courses. So uh, nobody wants to hear about that, but I'm going to pick Tiger Woods to win the 150th U.S. Open or British Open. Uh, what a terrible pick. Who are you picking? I'm going to pick Zach Johnson. There you go. Again. <laughs> and my Let's dark horse, my dark horse to win this thing is Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Yeah. My, <laughs> my dark horse will be Jordan Spieth. There we go. We've really nailed it. Really nailed the golf corner <laughs> this week. Oh, good stuff. No, I've heard the old course at St. Andrews, like, isn't like, people that have gone over and played it like it's basically just like playing your like muni in town like it's not it's not that fantastic you know obviously it's way cool and historic and stuff but it's not like the fuck are it's these not people? like well kept not well kept. Otherwise? yeah not well kept they play the fucking open championship there every five years well i know but like when you go over with your buddies are they going to let you on there it's not going to be in the same condition you know no, but it's still, dude, these are the type of people, this is what drives me nuts about golf people, right? Like they probably, like they're, they're so used to like a perfectly manicured, manicured course in like the United States versus you go over and do, like, yeah, you're going to, it's not going to be like in a hundred percent great condition. They, they let the weather determine the condition of the course. They don't pump a shit ton of water all over the course to make the, you know, to make the fairways perfect. They don't, pump, you know, so like, it's not going to be. You know, it's not going to be what we think of as golf, and so you got to play. It's kind of like you, like you go to like Bandon, and and I hear people come back from Bandon and bitch about the you know the course, and you're just like, well, dude, they just went and threw a bunch of fucking grass down, and wherever it grew was part of the course, you know. And so, anyway, I I mean I I I think the I think these people are nuts. You heard it here first, folks. Does any of them, do any of those guys listen to this podcast? No, no, okay. just a couple guys from where I don't know. I, I I only know two people that have been over there and played it, and they're both sales guys at work. So, yeah, there you go. You know, mutual sales reps. <laughs> easy now, easy now. <laughs> All right, just in case somebody from Juno Mutual happens to listen. Yeah. My name is not Brad Gade. 
<laughs> well, let's call it's, it. Uh, yeah, let's call it a night. Welcome to the big stage. Anybody and everybody, or just Hollywood, DLA schools. Let's, uh, we'll be reading the tea leaves and then, hey, enjoy uh, vacation and yeah. enjoy the Scottish Open and the Open uh, next weekend. We'll be back to break down Tiger Woods' 16th major championship at the 150th British Open. In a playoff win versus over Zach Johnson. <laughs> in a playoff. In a Ryder four Cup hole, captain. Four-hole aggregate playoff victory over Zach Johnson. With Dark Horses, Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy finishing in a tie for third. <laughs> Dark horses. Uh, good stuff. Well, hey, it's always fun. It was a good uh, episode, I believe. And uh, we'll yeah, be we've back done at better. it. We've done better. Yeah, you know, anytime you can start it off, late. it's getting late. Anytime you can start it off with the king of pop, and it's only going to go downhill from there. But very but true. Very very true. We'll uh, we'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. Have a good uh, time off, my man. See ya.